Welcome to the next Oliver Thompson podcast with the wonderful Billy Schwer, ex-world champion boxer. And this is the second episode of a trilogy of conversations with Billy. The last time we spoke was nearly a year ago in the first stage of the lockdown. And this time a year on, we're going to be talking about the seven steps to survival in a lockdown, mastering your mind and coming out fighting. So what about you, mate? Talk to me about you. So uh, what have you been doing the last 12 months since we last sort of had a meaningful conversation? Just focused on the on the book, the, con- uh, the, the coaching programme around the book. That's brilliant. what I'm doing. That's it. That. Yeah. So I've now, I'm now doing groups. So I've got my first group finishing this week. Brilliant. So the 12 round Billy Schwer experience, 12 weeks, 12 rounds over 12 weeks. So it's like a three month training camp. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that one-to-one, but then I've got my first group, yeah, completing this week. So I'm selling the next group, which starts a week on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, for up to six guys. So mm-hmm. I've got five in this first group. I've got three in the next one so far. So I'm looking to get six. Wow. So tell us more about it then. Come on. So, mate, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. It's transformational. The yeah. results that we're getting, what I'm finding is... Men, my, my mission in life is the transformation of the middle-aged man. Yes. So I'm, that's my, I'm clear. That's my focus is that. And the conversations I'm having with men, it's just fuck, fucking priceless. Yeah. Priceless. So we got a group, of, there's five of them and me. So six of us. Um, the conversation, obviously, it's based around the skeleton is my book and the, the success model that I've created. So that's the conversation. Yes. But then it's all interactive. It's all, then we've got a WhatsApp group and stuff. And it's, I'm getting them into meditation, fasting, training, fucking all sorts of stuff. Fantastic. So they're I mean, kind that, of, they're, they're, they're guys that generally have not really done much stuff. On themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's transformational, that, isn't it? Things like the fasting and the meditation. I've been doing that a lot it well every day in lockdown have you? and and wait, have genuinely i have and i just cannot comprehend how yeah. someone could a not know or see that that would be helpful and b not practice it regularly yeah i've what i've started now doing i've been meditating as you know for probably about four years now yeah. so i like this morning i'm i'm doing breath work now i've introduced i've introduced the breath work <laughs> so am i yeah yeah, so I'm, I'm doing the Wim Hof method. You <laughs> doing right. I did a podcast this morning with somebody else in Poland, and we were talking about Wim Hof. Right. So yeah, so I've so I've been the last five days. I've done it. I've been looking at doing this stuff for ages, but I never yep. got around to it. I needed some more information. I see there's a there's a good podcast with Jordan Peterson. He interviews him. That's right. I've watched it with his daughter on the sofa. So that gave me an access to how to do it. So then yes. I went onto his his um. His app got his app. So I've been doing that. So I've been incorporating that with the meditation. Yeah. And I, it kind of makes sense, the breath work, doesn't it? It does. And and I, I watched that video as you have, and I've been practicing the breath. It really does work. However, did you not find that you're a bit like like Jordan Peterson was, a bit intimidated by holding your breath for so long? I and it's sort of your, your brain. Stop scrambling. I'm, you know what? Where I'm so fucking competitive, 
I don't want to get too wrapped up in it because because I've heard on that thing he says, yeah, I'll do about five minutes. Yeah. So I'm going, fuck you, I'm going to do five minutes. Of holding your breath for five yeah. minutes. Yeah, so I'm up to four. I did, so what I did today was four minutes 33. Are you kidding? Honestly, mate. So what? this is in five days, right? I've, I've gone from... 90 seconds, a minute and a half. Yeah, that's exactly what I had. That's it. Yeah, yeah, a minute and a half. And I was struggling. I was like, whoa. Yeah, but, I, but now I'm doing four. I did, this morning, I did four, four minutes, 33. But what I found is now I fucking struggled like fuck. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, a, that's, I'm, just, I'm fighting like fuck. So, so I was, was going to, what's the benefit of starving yourself of oxygen? Is there any benefit? So that's, that's, that's what I'm interested in. So I, so I started to struggle about, I got, now, you know the struggle, you go the struggle bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That for me is stretched. I can, I can struggle for like a minute now. Mm. Yeah. I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm fighting again. But I, so I've gone, so, so I did, I do three rounds. Right. I did, I did four, I did five rounds one session. Did so today, today I did three rounds. So the third round was four minutes 33. So I went from 350, four, whatever, then ended up being 433. But I, my target is five because he, he's done five. So I'm going to do five. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, for fuck knows why. But um, I'm, it's fascinating, that bit. But what, what, what do you think the benefit is? Because, I mean, like you say, starving your brain of oxygen isn't exactly... A so what, so what, with the Dr. Joe Dispenza work that I'm doing, he does a lot of breath work as well. Yeah. So it's almost like med it's like another form of meditation because you're triggering, you're firing off your, your central nervous system. It's kicking off. So with the breath the work that I do with Dr. Joe is mm. putting your breath up right through from your, right to your pineal gland. Yeah. So you're activating your brain. And yeah. that's, that's what I'm noticing with the meditation is the act. So the reason I'm, it's it's like an what I'm getting is a an intellectual upgrade. Yes, that's what I'm noticing. So my my language is improving. I'm smarter. I'm just feel feel great. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. something that's happening. So with the breath work, with that, so I'm I'm very very really interested in the cardiovascular health side of it, sure. the respiratory side of it. Because I've got a little bit of like asthmatic symptoms, mm -hmm. I'm sensitive to dust. Yeah. So, I, so I'm I'm thinking I'm for longevity. It makes sense, doesn't it? For longevity, if we can look look after our respir respiratory system. Yeah. And if I can if I can only hold my breath for ninety seconds, now I can do four and a half minutes. What's what's happening? This what's going on? That's right. There's got to be something really valuable going on. Yeah. And then you, know, you get all the tingly bits and stuff. You start to go lightheaded, mm -hmm. so that's so I get that with Dr. Joe as well. So with the diff, with just it's just slightly you get there in a different methodology. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that. For for me, there's two reasons why I've initially done it, and it, it does expand into other areas. But initially, obviously for running, right, and for the martial arts that I'm doing. So it's yeah. it's the VO2 max, which is the ability to take on board oxygen feed your heart and lungs and spread that oxygen around your body so you're more efficient and then, then your recovery rate will improve right yeah. and i've got ridiculously high vo2 max which is Have great you? that's good yeah really the, the second thing is calmness yeah. because when you when you panic when you're running out of breath you panic don't you and you tend to just stop right and that's what most people do when they're panicked or when they're stressed and fear thing people just push back they stop they fight or flight 
And actually what it's teaching your brain to do is remain calm under that pressure. And then what tends to happen is your brain tells your body that it's okay, right? And so it then triggers the opposite of what your body normally would do, which is panic and then start sabotaging your, that's your breath work. There, right? Because it's like the, that's stepping into the unknown. Yeah, that's which right. is which is fucking exciting. If you're up, yeah. you're up for if you're up for that game, hmm. that's that's why I've embraced. It. I've only done it for five days, and I'm I'm, I'm embracing it because I'm excited by what it's going to make available and the starvation of the oxygen. So since I started now, how I, the length that I can starve myself of it hmm. is like improved immensely. Yeah. in just five days so in three months what's that going to be like yeah and that's that that's the point is the self-improvement that we put to one side and don't work on is a missed opportunity because within a few days you can make massive strides physically Look, mentally. That's five days right yeah. I've been, my fifth day today and i've gone it's like this huge it's like a huge acceleration mm. curve so then so i'm so I, i'm not i don't know i can't really I don't know enough about it to be able to articulate the benefits of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know what, I want to yeah. get more educated on that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I love the subject. It makes sense to me. Yeah. But isn't it funny how we've trained ourselves to breathe badly? So, I, so are you a nose breather or when you're running? Now I am a nose breather in and a nose breather out. While you're running. And do you know what's helped me do that, Billy? Really? Putting a mouth guard in. Wow. Now that's tough. Because that's I struggle um, nose breathing running. Mm -hmm. I nose breathe every other all, all the other time, but when I'm running, I mouth breathe. So so did you how did you used to do that? I used to breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth, which well, isn't particularly bad. No. Um, but but apparently it's better to breathe through your nose in all instances. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a good book I'm reading actually. There's loads of books in there. What's his name? Yeah. Let me find it for you. Yeah, there's a book called Breathe, and I don't know the guy's name. James Nestor. That's it, yeah. And he talks about nose breathing as a priority. That's it. And there's another guy as well in that. There's a little firm in there. There's a there's a whole crew of them. Mm. Dan Brule. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a dessert. Just breathe. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another thing. With this meditation, I, I meditate every morning now, right? And... And people who know me might find that funny, but I do. I guided or on your own? On my own. Okay. Well, I put, I, I use, I use that, that, um, that machine that's got a name that you can talk to. I can't say oh, yeah, it's one yeah. ear, so it'll yeah. go off now. Um, but I use her or it <laughs> to um, put on, I've got this playlist that I use. Yeah. And I literally just like on my bed and I really focus my attention on my breathing on my body, wow. on the music, on the sounds. And it does take you somewhere else. And the, what's amazing is how quickly time goes. Yeah. So 45 minutes feels like 10. And you come out of it and you go, you feel so refreshed. You sit, you feel lucid, right? And you feel like there's no issues or challenges that you can't, can't yeah. face. And so that that beer of di that disappearing time bit, mm. I mean, I've sat down. I I do a lot of guided stuff. But I do sometimes just sit on my own. Yeah. And I've sat down on a few occasions. Sat there and I and I thought, all oh, right, that's about an hour now. And I've looked mm. just like fucking two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's like disappearing time. That bit there, what's going on there? Brilliant, isn't it? It's, it is very strange because I think when you focus on time, obviously you become aware of it and it becomes a bit of a challenge. But when you remove the concept of time, you don't have to necessarily be conscious of it and therefore it just is what it is. And you just work within that framework, don't you? Yeah. So that lost, that lost time, 45 minutes, choof, gone. Yeah. But it's yeah. a lovely time to be spent. But you've just got you have also just got to be aware that you could I could literally do it for hours and I might miss a few calls, you know. I've, I've, I do if I could, if I've got the time. So I've, sometimes I've done for like three, four hours on the on the spin, if like on a Saturday afternoon or something. Yeah. Got the house to myself and nothing's happening. Just go and disappear for like three or four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. People think it's a waste of time, but it's not. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It is. Get it's, you yeah. with your with your insights, Billy. I love it. It's, but the, the, I'm going to live till I'm 130, so that's going to have that's going to play a big part in it. The meditation, the fasting, the nutrition, and the breath work—it makes sense. Yeah. Well, tell me about the fasting set. So, or in your case, the fasting. Intermittent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do intermittent, do you? Intermittent. Yeah. 16. I vary. I vary. I'm not. I'm not too religious about doing it. It all depends on my day, what I'm doing, but just as a general rule, yeah. rehydration, yeah, fasting, some, some, not, not all the time. All the, I just, I'm very feel. How do I feel? Okay. And depends on if I depends on my training, what I'm, my training regime. What if I need, if I need a an energy hit, I'll have I'll have a bit of chocolate or something. I'll just right. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm really cool about it all. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I do the 16 hours fast every day, bar one day a week. So six days a week. Yeah. I mean, right. at the moment, I haven't eaten. I haven't eaten since seven o'clock last night. I've got a, a lemon water, which I swear by. That's why I, do. I normally finish at 11. Yeah, go through to 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes uh, you just get, carry on, don't you? Uh, do you know what? This is, a, this is interesting, actually, because a couple of weekends ago, I was busy uh, helping my mum move house. And I, I got up at eight. And at six o'clock, I hadn't eaten anything. Yeah, but I felt fine. I was lifting beds, lifting boxes, carrying, moving stuff. Not a problem. But because I wasn't, because I was busy and it wasn't in my mind. That's the problem with food. People, when they're bored, they eat. Yeah. So if you if you don't fill that time with other things, you're gonna watch Netflix and eat crap, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And the and the more you don't move as well, the more lethargic you feel. So the more energy you need, the more bad choices you're gonna make. Yeah. Right, so you reach out for the Coca-Colas and pizzas and stuff. Yeah. So when you're actually expending energy, it's, it keeps your mind and body at play, doesn't it? So you don't have to think about those choices. And when you do have that opportunity, you probably get the best, the best choice available because it's, it's the right type of fuel. Yeah, so the, the fuel bit. So yeah, once, once you're utilizing your, the, your fat reserves as fuel, yeah. you don't get hungry, do you? It's, when you say when I say that to a lot of guys, they go, "Fuck it, I can never do that." I know. I can yeah. never, never. I joking. Yeah, I get that response. Then you get in. Then you get into it. It's like it's fucking weird, isn't it? You're just not hungry. I am not genuinely at this moment in time. I am not hungry. Right, and so I should be eating at twelve. I might not. I might just keep going. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. Absolutely. Mm. So, uh, so we're going to talk about this year, aren't we, Billy? Maybe some some tips, techniques, and tools that can help us get through it. This year, this future year, we now talk in twenty twenty one. 
now, eh? Yes. <laughs> what, 12 months? Well, I've, I've had, my last year has been the best year I've had in business. Yeah? So it's, yeah, it's been amazing. How come do you think that is? Is it just that you've found your niche? I, I've just, I've just pivoted into more coaching. I developed a product as such, which is a thing. I was doing, I was doing coaching before, but it wasn't a formulated thing. Hmm. Now, now I've got a 12 week program. This is it. This is the intention. This is what you get. This is, this is yeah. it. And that's now what I'm selling. So yeah. people have got an opportunity to buy that thing. Yeah. Whereas before it was a bit, wasn't really as distinct or clear. Yes. So, right. so, so, and it's based upon, I've got a physical book. Yeah. I've got a, an audio book. I've got the, th I've got all the bits in place, all the assets, the, presentations the brochure the, all that stuff is in place so when a new lead comes in i could just farm it out and just just lead generation fantastic so tell us about this book man up man up well as you know my story i was a man down so on my mm. retirement from boxing i kind of crashed and burned and i found that transition from being a professional athlete to life in this co kind of real world, I found it, I found that really difficult. Mm. So Billy the boxer, to then shift and change into becoming Billy. I didn't. And I, first and foremost, I didn't really know who Billy was. So then I I crashed and burned, went through depression, really suffered, had a mental breakdown. Kind of, I felt uh, ashamed. I was embarrassed. I was stuck. Mm. I didn't know how to ask for help. I was trying to figure it out on my own. And I kind of made a complete mess of it because I was trying to fight my way through my life because that's what I know. Because my training and my conditioning from a very young age, from eight years of age, is to defend, resist, confront, and attack and yeah. fight. So that works perfectly well in the boxing arena. <laughs> it doesn't really work in life. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's but what came what comes with that, that certain mindset. So here I am, I'm selfish, I'm domineering, I'm aggressive, I'm always right, I'm inconsiderate. Those fit with that. So then I'm also, I'm persistent, I'm courageous and I'm tough. <laughs> so all those elements there fit so well for me to step up into the boxing arena and fight for my life. Because I that's how I used to step into the ring, prepare to die, kill or be killed. Mm. And I had all those traits were so perfectly created to support me to succeed in the boxing ring. But those same traits came with me in life. Yeah. And they, they just didn't work in all areas because Billy the boxer didn't serve Billy and it just didn't serve my life. And it, ask my ex-wife, she'll tell you, it just didn't work. <laughs> She's on next, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a long podcast. <laughs> but what you're talking about there is, let's take something like, discipline and focus because that you would you would that's a trait that you would display but it's an extreme version of that trait isn't it right so you'd be unrelenting with your focus and your discipline yeah. to the point where if you if you were to put that that focus in another context yeah you might be like a dog with a bone and not seeing this the nuances and subtleties of a situation potentially yeah. so that as a as a professional boxer is such a so physical mm. there's such a physical element to that to that way of being but then but then obviously what goes with that is the mindset all that's the psychology behind that 
the ability to be able to go into a championship fight and get into rounds eight, nine, ten, those those later rounds, it goes, it gets very dark. It's very tough in there because you can't you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that takes a certain mindset. That's that's and then the discipline and dedication to just allow you to get to that point. And then there's something driving that. That's what that's what my fascination has been with with people. Why do we do what we do? Why are some people successful more than others? What is that about? Yeah. What's what gives somebody an access to that level of performance? And for me, that killer instinct as a fighter, because not every boxer possesses it. Yes. But I mean killer instinct. So where does that come from? I mean, because as a boxer. The first and foremost, boxing is one of the toughest sports there is, professional boxing, I mean. Because you play football, you play rugby, you play golf, but you don't play boxing. So you go into the ring as a professional boxer to cause bodily damage. Yeah. That's the brutal, that's the brutal side of it. And that's the reality, really. That's that's it. Mm. So I can understand the people viewing it as being barbaric because it pretty much is. Mm. But then Billy being kind of turned into Billy the Boxer, it kind of, that bit, I had to kind of just allow that to be. I was unconscious to that anyway. And that, so Billy the Boxer was just, that's who I was. But it's only since and now when I reflect back, that's kind of, a, that certain way of being is pretty, it's like, it's pretty uncomfortable to yeah, be I mean, with. I can imagine. And it, I think almost using that as a metaphor for, for men and people just generally, but more so men, I think, it's that inability to they think that every day is a battle and it's the inability to be vulnerable yeah and expose yourself to the truth that we're not perfect to everything and i know we're supposed to be the shining light to our family and our friends and we're supposed to be impressive and yeah. tough and resilient and yeah. there's, there's a there's a great sort of um, commitment to all of those traits and there are very they are very good traits to have but equally so are the sort of softer traits that we sort of poo poo and put to one side don't we in life and business you know which is sort of like being being calm being rational being empathetic being vulnerable um saying that i'm worried and i'm concerned about certain things and challenges and and that's okay as well in equal measure and it's just how does that how does that sort of recipe go in the blender and how does it come out as you you know yeah. and it's such a great point because as men, like you say, we're like a conditioned to be a certain way. We think we've got to be this kind of way. And we've inherited all these beliefs and these ways of being from our forefathers, from grandparents. And so we've ended up being the way that we are. And it's difficult. And so again, going back to me, the vulnerability. I, I, so if I was to show as a boxer, I couldn't show any vulnerability or I couldn't show any feelings or anything. Cause I didn't know how to feel because it was a sign of weakness. Mm. And I think a lot of, a lot of men probably feel the same way that they think they should put this kind of armor on and go out and survive and be that that's the way that they are, which, yes. which works in certain scenarios. But as I found, it doesn't work in everyday life in every area of your life. So it's just having the courage to really allow the vulnerability side of things to show up, which is, which is tough for a lot of men. So what I do with the groups that I work with is I allow that. I create a safe space for men to show up in because I share my flaws, my failings, my weaknesses, 
So I'm speaking into their hearts and their minds, which then allows them to do the same. Mm. So then they show up as their, their true selves. So that just that process is transformational. So if we can do that as a group of men together, then my request to them is all the time, go and share yourself, go and share what you're doing with your partner, your friends, your family, which a lot of men struggle with as well. Yeah. But that's, I'm, I'm, I bang on about that all the time because go and share yourself, go and share what you do, go and share all the time. And, and it's, that's difficult for a lot of us. But then isn't there a balance as well though, Billy, because there's, there's some people, and you'll know some of these people, where they can take that too far and then moan and complain consistently with pessimism at you and you, you look at your phone and you go oh okay i don't want to take this call or not <laughs> you know what i mean well, i don't i don't i don't get them no i don't i kind of i don't know i don't i don't get that i don't really get them i've i'm not attracting that mm. i very rarely get that stuff and I, I don't really entertain it i don't really tolerate it i don't i don't i'm Sometimes I'm a little bit brutal with people. Right, straight. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit straight with people. Mm. I, I, t- I do, I do kind of tell them if it's appropriate. Yes, depends where they're at and what state of mind they're in. But of course, most, most people, if they're moaning, bitching, and complaining, they need a bit of a slap around the face. That's what that's what I reckon. That's my yeah. view. Yeah, when it's if it's a, if it's a right environment, but that doesn't work for everyone either. And you have to. And sometimes I get that wrong. The timing of that. Mm. It maybe offends people, but you know what? Some people need offended. Some people need waking up. They do need waking up because how long have they been bitching, moaning, complaining for? Here you are, 40 odd years of age. You've got the same old stuff going on. Wake yeah. up, wake I, up. I, I, I totally agree because um, something's obviously not changed in that time. Yeah. If there's only one person that you can point the finger at, it ain't me. Well, that's, that's what I realized, right? all the things that wasn't working in my life, when I was going through my tough period of my life and the challenges, in all these different areas, there was a common theme running through it all. Mm. And there was something consistently there and it was me. Mm. I was there in every situation that was breaking down. So then then you got to realize, oh, well, maybe I've got something to do with it then. Wake up. Yeah, and I think, society is a little bit oversensitive to certain things at certain moments that allow that allows us to wallow in self-pity and allows us sometimes to not have humor and allows us sometimes to not get balance and to demonize and push away actually good ideas because we tend to pull on a thread that isn't there or we imagine it's to be there and I think sometimes straight talking in a, in a way that is relevant and sensitive is important. And I think some people are afraid of doing that now because they get labeled as yeah. some bad person, you know. Especially, I mean, now, like, yeah, it's a real challenge that bit and it's being appropriate at the right times because there's a lot of that stuff in society doing the right thing. I mean, that, that that's a whole subject in it and there's different views and there's different morals there's different how you ever feel about that men 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 a lot of men are feeling like they're getting a bit bashed up at the minute that's right because of what's being talked about we, some of us feel like we're getting bashed up mm. and, and they get offended by that mm. and then some so rather than just shut it up and allow it to be some some are responding and reacting against it yeah, yeah. and it so then there's that it's the yin and the yang, the men and the women thing. It's, it's 
figuring that bit out, which is a challenge. Well, Billy, I have a belief on these sorts of things and, and I'll, I'll share it with you. And I just think it's not about men or women. It's just about groups. So if you are, if you are heavily leaning to one group with passion, that's not a bad thing. But what tends to happen is if you believe that that group is more important than another group, you're going to create two groups. And people who believe the opposite are then going to see you as a threat. And then you have two opposing groups. Whereas actually, what we need to be doing is not creating opposing groups. We need to sort, be sorting out the problem. So that's very difficult. That's, that's a tough one, because you get, you get divide, you get division, right? Yeah. Division, and that's what's happening now. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, if, you go, if you go with a vaccine, for example, mm-hmm. you get, that's, that's a division with people. And then we're getting yes. fed certain information by certain th- media companies and stuff. And then it's, over here, there's another view of it. And then those, there's a clash. Yes. And there's a guy, there's a guy that I know who, out of all his family, he's decided not to take the vaccine. So the, all the rest of the family just like disowned him. They, really? they can't accept it and be with, he's not one of them. And he's their family. It's, that's it. It's one of them. He or she is one of them. Such a divide. Yeah. And it's and yeah. The, the belief, the strength of the, the power behind people's feelings and views and thoughts, man, it's just, powerful isn't it well it turns a belief into an identity as well yes it. So i'm not one of them yeah right so it's a massive generalization around identity yeah. whereas i have lots of other beliefs as well that you might share but you're yeah. not going to talk to me about those because you've demonized me against the one thing. yeah 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 and that's that's a debate you could go on forever and it'll it always is. be there would it yeah yeah so when it comes to uh i think last time we were talking we were talking about the seven steps do you remember yeah. that Yes. Do you want to share those steps? Win or lose, you choose. Step number one. Yeah, tell us about that. Win or lose, you choose. This is what this is. So for me to become a world champion, that was a choice that Mm. I made daily. But it was so unconscious. I was just given by something to become a champion. But that was moving towards that end result. But what was driving that, which which I find interesting. Because it's generally not about the end thing that we want. I want to become a world champion. So why do I want to, why, why is that? And I think the place to look at what's wrong, there's always something wrong. So there was some, so what had me become a world champion was my, my, my view of myself that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. It got created when I was a child. I got bullied and I got beat up when I was five years of age. I lost my third amateur boxing fight. I decided that I wasn't good enough. So I, so as a kid, I'm, I, my story is that I'm weak and I'm not good enough. So that was an unconscious choice that I was making. So that was, that's what turns me into Billy the Boxer. I had to find a way to prove, cover up and survive being weak. Okay. So my question to everyone is, I wonder what you're trying to cover up. I wonder what yeah. you're trying to survive. I wonder what you're trying to hide. So what I did was I found a, I found a, a survival route out of it. And that was to become really tough. Mm-hmm. really courageous and really persistent that's so that was the result of the decision that i made about myself gotcha that wasn't a conscious choice yeah so that was that was when i was a kid so that was a driver for me to become a very successful boxer so then what i've realized is win or lose you choose be consciously aware of the choices that you're making because lots of us are unconscious mm. I was unconscious. When I retired from boxing, I was unconscious. Billy the boxer, 
I was choosing this kind of experience, this this lifestyle, which which wasn't really suitable or did, didn't work. Right. So you're running the same program, I guess. That's it. So I was choosing to lose, win or lose, you choose. So unconsciously, because of my actions and behaviour, I was yeah. choosing to lose. Well, I ended up losing. Yes. I wrecked my marriage. I ended up going bankrupt. I went through depression. So that was kind of, I, I unconsciously chose that. But it wasn't your intention to go bankrupt or to have a profit. It was it was the, the process of those decisions coming to a conclusion that meant that was the only option almost. And that was the result of the yes. choices that I was making. But they were unconscious. Yeah. For me to go and escape Billy, I couldn't be with Billy. Who's Billy? So I, I did drug, sex, rock and roll to escape yeah. being that. So that was a that was a, those choices. I ended up losing my marriage, for example. Yes. I ended up losing time and my health and well-being and that stuff. That was all unconscious. So when so upon retirement, upon my awakening, when I woke up 20 years ago mm. and I started to get my stuff together, it kind of it kind of made sense that let's be consciously aware of the choices that you're making and let's be aware of who's showing up. So when I decided I was weak, what showed up was I was tough persistent, courageous to cover it up and survive it. But also what came alongside that one, aggressive, domineering, selfish, inconsiderate, always right. So they come together. So, so, so separating those two, those different bundles of traits, so to speak, the courageous, persistent, determined, well, that's, they're kind of nice. You'd be proud of them. You talk about them. Lovely. Yeah. But the other ones, they get triggered. Something happens. They those ugly ones, let's call them. They get triggered off, and then I react a certain way, which is going to have me lose in the yes. grand scheme of my life. Yeah, yeah. Big picture. So win or lose, you choose. Is waking up and be conscious of who's showing up, who's getting triggered. <laughs> when you're up against it, what what part of you, what facet of you shows up? Mm. Is it the aggressive, domineering, selfish, horrible one? Does that get triggered? That get triggered. We, we've all got them. Mm. And we've all, and just how often they show up. So with the, what I've managed to do with, with the meditation and the mindfulness, the work that I now do for myself, I very, I don't get as triggered as much. I rarely get triggered because I'm a lot calmer. I'm a lot centered. I'm just, I've got very little stress in my life. I've, I'm looking at to any stress. I don't want it in there. Because I was addicted also to chaos. Yes. I loved fighting. So yeah. I would fight everything, whoever. And would you create chaos? Because oh, every, every, every opportunity I was creating chaos because I quite liked it. But then I, but then I would wallow in the, the self-pity afterwards. Yes. And I, then I end up being a victim. So win or lose, you choose. So I, I unconsciously chose to be a victim. If I'm fully responsible for everything... I've got to be responsible for the victim mentality that I had. Mm -hmm. So I have to own that. So when I got ownership of that, then life, life changed me big time. So rather than being a victim, I got to be the cause of the creator of my life rather than being the effect of it. Mm. And I was choosing to lose. And I was at the effect of Billy, the boxer and the chaos that he was causing. Yeah. Fascinating. But you know what? I use this analogy a lot and you've heard me talk about this, but we, we talk about fight or flight don't we? a lot. Mm in what we do and because it's just ingrained into into humanity and who we are but it's that tiger in the grass isn't it and 95 percent of people generally when there's a when there's a tiger in the grass in modern life 
yeah. whatever that is, right? You know, making a client phone call or having a bit of conflict with a friend or, you know, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. 95% of people will fight or flight it. So they'll argue against it or they'll just disappear in a way you won't see them for, for dust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that small percentage, that 5% of those, those entrepreneurs, those fighters, those top-level athletes, those multimillionaires, those brilliant parents, those amazing teachers, those great nurses, whatever it is, who push through all of that. And the only difference, I think, is, you know, most of us will, will hear that noise metaphorically and believe it to be a tiger when it might not be most of the time it won't be right it will just be noise and actually what we need to do is train our brains to be more uh, understanding that actually we need the resources the internal software in our minds that even, regardless of whether there's a tiger there or not most of the time there won't be but that one time when there is a tiger we can counteract it we can we can fight it effectively not necessarily fight it but do the best thing for us at that time yeah. So that there's minimal conflict, there's minimal damage, and actually we can walk away safe and sound and it's all good. But most people aren't taught those, those internal resources, traits to manage whether there's a tiger there or not. It's just either one or the other. And most of the time we believe it's there and it's not. But actually, yeah. if we had the internal resources, we wouldn't care because we could just stroll through life going, if it's a tiger or not, I still know how to deal with it. That's and you know, when you've got the ability and the strength of mind to be able to live like that, mm. there's no, no tigers show up anyway. That's exactly, yeah. Because they're scared of you and they go, well, there's no point, is there really? I'll just go for the weaker one. Yeah, your, your being, your way of being in life, mm. such that you don't attract them, they just, they, they disappear, yeah, exactly. And it's about, it's about having, being effective in the face of whatever shows up. Yes, that's totally, that's it. Yeah. And then what you're attracting and what you're causing for yourself in your life, is all comes, it's all comes from within, right? It's an inside job. Inside job, yeah. I an like that. It's a phrase you use a lot, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it really is. That, that, I've discovered that for myself because for me to be sitting here with you today, mm -hmm. and I can honestly say I've never felt any better, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. Happier, more fulfilled, satisfied than I've ever been, ever. I mean, yeah. ever. Yeah. It's like, where's, the, where's that come from? I've, I've caused that and I've created it. Well done. So that's available for everybody. Yeah. And I've come from mental breakdown, depression, divorce, bankruptcy, mm. suicidal thoughts. I've come from there to get to here. So that's what I want everyone to have. That's why I'm committed, and especially the middle-aged man, because I know lots of them are suffering. And that's my mission is the transformation of the middle-aged man, because the world will be a different place. Because if you think of the ripple effects, if the middle-aged man is calm, cool, centered, and he's got he's mindful of what's what himself and what he's doing, that's going to impact families, kids, generational impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cultures, society, yeah, communities. Leaders, the leaders would could get some of that, it would it would make a big shift. That's yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's so kind of what I've got, uh, that's my that's what I'm really connected with. Okay, so how does that lead us into, into the second step? KO fear. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There we go. Win or lose, you choose KO fear. So fear is, fear paralyzes lots of people. So it's being, who do you be in the face of fear? Do you confront it? Do you challenge it? Does it stop you in your tracks? What's that? that that's what I find interesting. Because once you start to really 
challenge your fears and really dismantle them with a with your logical mind the pros the cons once you once you like dismantle them with the logical mind the pros the cons the wins the losses but then what what i do now do well i didn't do this as a boxer because i wasn't aware of it ko fear so i i would just step into the ring i trained myself from a very young age to overcome fear mm. and it all stems back to when i was 13 it's such a pivotal moment in my life I was boxing in the national schoolboy finals and it's going to be decided who's the best in the whole country. Oh, wow. And I'm absolutely <laughs> petrified. It's at the assembly rooms in Derby. And I remember walking in there, it's like the biggest venue I've been in. It was huge. And I couldn't eat the night before. I couldn't sit still. I was just like a wreck. And when it came to my turn to box, my dad was my coach. And we go to put the gloves on before we step up into the ring. And I look at my dad and I said, I'm like, I'm frightened to death. I go, dad, dad, I mean, I'm like I'm in tears. I'm, I'm like a wreck. Mm. I said, dad, 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 I can't do it, dad, I can't do it. And my dad looked at me and he just says, what do you mean you can't do it? Be Jesus, this is the final. And my dad's Irish, right? And he goes, Jesus, I don't believe it. What do you mean you can't do it? And I looked at him and said, dad, I'm going to be sick. I want to be sick. I need to be sick. And he goes, Jesus, we're going to be sick, dad. He clipped me around the back of the ear. And I found these big drapes and I went behind these drapes and uh, I was actually physically sick. Wow. So I wiped the sick from my mouth, I went back to see my dad, I put the gloves on and I stepped up into the ring, a petrified young man, boxed my heart out, then I stepped out a champion. Wow. I was national champion and that was my first experience of actually physically overcoming fear. And it was in that moment I realized, you know what, if I can find the courage, to step up, put myself at risk, I can succeed. We can succeed. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it really took something to go through that barrier, but I had no choice. Right, I was about to ask you, so, so that's a, that situation is monumentally scary for a young kid, and up yeah. to the point where you're being sick because of it. Yeah. But, but how do you then not back away and, and bottle it? How do, you go, how do you just go, well, I'll do it anyway? Well, that's it. So I, so I, in that moment, I could have backed away and said, I can't, I can't do it. But that's just not in my nature as a 13 year old, because there would have been a, a, an immense amount of pressure unconsciously around the whole thing. Right. And even getting to the final, because you have to go through all these different rounds, you travel up and down the country, boxing in different rounds, different, you could the home counties, the Eastern counties, and you'd, it's all throughout the country. And this is, this is going on all up and down the country. And it, you get to a point, you get to the semi-finals, then the fight, it's like, it's a big deal. It's like a big, yeah. big deal. So then there was no kind of stepping back from it because you got that far. You might have fought four or five times to get that far. Mm. But then there was, there's no going back. It's like a, you was kind of enforced. So, but then even as a professional fighter, it was the same. Mm. It's, all, it's always there. But I think athletes are like that, aren't they? Where, you know, they dedicate themselves so much to the possibility of entertaining the ultimate win with the ultimate sacrifice. Because yeah. the chance of winning a gold medal or becoming a world champion for most people is billions to one, isn't it, really? Yeah. Right? And to just dedicate yourself to that cause is a noble thing, isn't it? 
And it, it, it means you have to elevate yourself over and above the average person without question. So you can't, you can't question your choices. You just have to not make them choices almost. They don't become choice. Yeah. It's just, just given, the next step. Yeah. Yeah. You're just given by something. You're, you're just used by it. And that's what you do. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's why I excelled at it. Because mm. there's loads of reasons why. I mean, I was at school, dyslexic, did go on very well at school. Yeah. Spent most of my time looking out the window. But, but sport, especially boxing, was my, my access to greatness. Mm. I wanted to be unique and different. And that, that was the only way I could do it. Amazing. But then also I was driven trying to prove something. I was trying to prove my whole life I've been trying to prove I'm good enough. Yeah. To you or to other people or both? To me. To me. And, um, and you know what? The, the, those, what, what I find interesting, because we all have an opinion of ourselves, right? We've all got an opinion of ourselves. So my mum says opinions are like belly buttons. We've all got one and they're all different. It's like they're all different. <laughs> the opinion they have of yourself, is it the truth? Yeah. So my opinion of myself when I was a kid growing up that I was weak and I wasn't good enough. So that I was that was just using me. So whatever, whatever, whatever we decide about ourselves is just fascinates me. And does it inspire you, uplift you? Is it the truth? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. the truth that I was weak and I wasn't good enough. It wasn't the truth. Well, the interesting thing about truth is it's an intangible thing, isn't it? Of course it is, yeah. Right? All... So you, you can create your own truth. Yeah, and and no you truth. define it as whether it's right or wrong. That's it. So what's the third step then? So win or lose, you choose. You have to choose powerfully every day, whatever you want to do. Overcome your fears. Challenge yourself continuously. Yeah. And you've got to fight for what you want, which is number three. Mm. So you have to really get clear what it is that you do want. Because choose your battles very carefully, get focused, yeah. get a plan together. And then you've got, you've got to formulate a team to support you in fulfilling on it. Because you can't do it on your own. It's impossible. As, a, as an athlete, I had a huge team around me, management, physios, nutritionists, of uh, um, chiropractors, cuts man, fitness trainer, boxing trainer, you do all your sports psychologists, you'd have loads of people supporting the common goal. We're all aligned in me becoming a world champion. And it's very all about me, me, me. And life becomes you because that's why you become very selfish. Right. Got it. So I was yeah. very, very selfish. Mm. And because I because and the thing was. When I stepped up to the ring, I was prepared to die. So everything had to be considered for me to arrive on fight night in the best possible shape I could be in. Because I was willing, when the bell went, I was willing to not come out. And that, that's my, that was my commitment. But then it's, Amazing. yeah, it's like, it's almost sounds insane, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's almost, that don't, that's, that's not true. It can't be true, that can't be true. But that's when the bell went, here we go, let's have it. And that's, so what drove that and the commitment to that, yeah, it was, it's very, it's kind of... It's like, it's like Pavlov's dogs, isn't it? You hear the bell ring and then suddenly yeah. everything that you've worked towards is triggered and it all just explodes out. So the team around me was all, was all, was all part of, such a big part of it. Yeah. Then just being so driven and fighting for what you want. And ultimately then it's being clear because... As we go through life, I'm sure we're very clear on what we don't want. Yeah. 
Well, so we, and I've done that as well. So I've, I've done a lot of work on what I'm attracted, what I'm, what I'm getting. Because a lot of the stuff that I, I was getting, I, I didn't really want, but I just kept getting more of it. Because where your focus goes, your, where your energy flows, right? Yes. And then uh, what you what you think about, you get more of. Yeah. So I think a lot of us get trapped in thinking about our current situation, and if that's not perfect, then we kind of get more of it. And if way even worse still, which is what I did, I get stuck in the past. Mm. Keep looking in the past, you get more of it. And we, I, I mean, I, I've been guilty of dwelling in the past, getting stuck in the past, wallowing it, and just having more of the same, just repeating itself. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So you're kind of saying that your your what you focus on then has a consequence to what you receive in, and therefore you get quite often the very things that you fear because you're so preoccupied with them. It's in your conscious awareness that you notice it more often and then people notice that you're noticing it and then that comes together and that's what you get. And I understand that completely, which is uh, why sometimes I have to cleanse. I do a cleansing <laughs> every so often of my life of just general things. Brilliant. Good you know, whether, it's, whether it's clothes that I haven't yeah. worn for six to 12 yeah, months, just minimise that down. <laughs> or whether it's sometimes having a really difficult conversation with a friend or colleague or a client just going, nah, it's not for me, thanks. Yeah. And doing that with yourself, yeah. Doing that, yeah, bad habits. It takes, yeah, you got to wake up to that. It's not, mm. Most people don't do that. We don't observe ourselves. But it takes, takes again, for me, it came to, came to a crisis point. For me, I have to reach crisis point. So hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if we can have a bit of foresight, surely that's got to be better. Yeah. Learn from other people's mistakes, but you don't have to make them yourself. But, but who I was, I have to go and make them myself because I'm a bit stupid. <laughs> a bit, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen. So back in the day, Billy the Boxer probably wouldn't have listened to Billy. Right. Yeah. Because he was selfish, domineering, he's always right. Yeah. So, so Billy the Boxer had to go and crash and kind of yeah, Got it. resolve it at some point down the road. Right, okay. So, so this leads us now to step four. You're only as good as your next fight. <laughs> yeah, go on. So, which is all about the future that you're living into. So this is so powerful for me, this has been this bit, because when I was going through my depression, I was living into an abyss of darkness. So that was feeding right back to me instantly, depression stuck couldn't see a way out felt like a failure felt ashamed because the future that i was living into was just nothing so i didn't have anything else to focus on so that's what had me be stuck so when i was boxing the future was always the next fight and it's always the next fight the next fight the next fight so i lost kind of i lost years right I was focusing on the next three months six months down the road delete so delete 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 Coming, it's always coming it's always coming it's always coming and then um and i was so attached to getting to the end you get to the end the so-called end and it ain't what you think it is it's never quite the the way that you created it to be mm. and uh yeah the future that i was living into as a fighter as a boxer so i become a world champion on my fourth attempt so prior to that i won the british the common <laughs> european championships failed three times and eventually the future was the fourth attempt and I won the title and it was like it was kind of a mixed emotional bag of all sorts of stuff yeah yeah 
a lot of it was a lot of relief in there as well. And I took a big punch around the back of the head in the 12th and final round. So I was in a haze. I was kind of not quite right. And so we all got, we're all in the changing room. We're all celebrating. And it's like, it, we got there and wherever there is. And I've got the belt. I've got the belt now. And it's like, wow. So then we all go make our way to the after fight party in Luton. So I see the doctor. The doctor releases me from the venue. So you see the doctor. He checks you out. Okay, you're all right. Yeah. He lets you go. But it was on the way to the party that I started. I started to have a funny. I started to have a turn because a, a lot of fighters, when they leave the venue, that's when the damage is done for us lighter guys. Damage is done from when you leave the venue from to getting home or wherever you're going. That could be a couple of hours. And right. If you bleed on the brain or something, something happens. Then by the time you get to hospital, well, that's damage is done. It's, it's a critical time. Right. But so. That started, so the alarm bell started to ring. So I'm in the car and we're on the way. To, so luckily enough for me, we got off in Luton to go to the party, but there's a, there was a hospital literally up the road. Right, good. Luckily, good luckily enough for me. So I, this before, before we got to the hospital, I, I've got the car to pull over and I was violently sick. So that that's was not a good luckily, sign. That's not a good sign. So the alarm bells got triggered off and it was like, so okay, let's go straight to hospital. But luckily... We were around the corner from the hospital. So they, they kept me in for two days. I missed the party. Everyone, everyone got really drunk without me. And everyone's uh, going, Billy and I'm stuck in hospital for two days. <laughs> and it's, um, that was frightening. Wait. So, what, so what was wrong with you? It just, just concussion. trauma. Yeah. Concussion, yeah, concussion. So I got, I got hit around the back of the head. Yeah. And it was just concussion. So they released me after two days. I was okay went on holiday, came back, and I got back to work because winning the world title, it, so my first boxing contest was when I was 11 years of age, and then I become a world champion 20 years later. It's like two decades later, I was 31. So now it's like, okay, so now I've got this thing that I was trying to pursue for so many years. Now I've got it. I've got to make it pay because it was also not only my life, it was my business. And that was my living so let's yeah. so me being a bit reckless, a bit greedy, a bit mindless. I organized my next fight three months later. And I remember training for the fight and I was sparring and I got punched in the head. And I thought to myself, oh, that don't feel right. Really? Something was off. Yeah, it didn't feel right. But again, me being me, I didn't tell anyone, didn't say anything. I kept it under wraps and I went ahead with a fight. So Three months later, my first defense of the title, absolute battle, round after round, and in the 11th round, bang, I got knocked out. Game over. So that, that was it. I'd lost my world title in my first defense, and it was back to hospital. But this time I went in style, I went in the back of the ambulance. Yeah. So we're in the back of the ambulance, sirens are blaring, we're dodging through the traffic, we're in London, so we're going to the Royal Free Hospital in London, I remember looking out the window, Saturday night, it's dark. And it was in that moment then I realized my life as I know it was over. Right. And that was when I made the toughest decision I've ever made to retire from boxing. Life-changing decisions, they're tough, right? They're tough. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But I mean, for your own welfare, it's probably the best decision, right? Well, it was. It was and I thought about coming back all the time. As we see, we see boxers who make comebacks and generally they don't, they don't go very well. Yes. 
So I, I was consciously aware of that. And I knew in my heart, I would never be any better than what I probably was in the last fight. Although I had concussion and maybe I could have, I could have had maybe one or two more fights, but I've had a friend of mine killed in the ring. I know guys that have been brain damaged. I mean, permanently damaged. Yeah, so I was love life. I love my life. And I was fearful of that getting permanently damaged. So that was when I, I said enough, enough. And that, but when I was in the back of the ambulance, the decision, the conscious decision I made was, that's it, retire from boxing. Yeah. But unconsciously, what I decided also was my life's over, what's the point? That's it, I've no longer got any purpose, I've got no meaning, my life is over, what is the point? That's ah, right. Okay, so yeah, it's almost like a transition from from one person into no nothingness almost, because yeah. you've, you've tirelessly worked yourself to that point and then it's gone and it's gone and it's not a choice either it's been like yeah. the, the rug's been pulled from under me yeah there you go and it's like there we go get on with that so then yeah. I, I couldn't be with it so you've got to reinvent yourself then yeah but but first and foremost my life is over what's the point so mm -hmm. i've got to deal with that bit first and foremost what's the point what's my meaning of life yeah reinvention but that's very difficult to do in that in that moment to go all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna reinvent myself so I, I had to go on a path of chaos yeah. to get to the point of the pain, being in enough pain to go, okay, now I've got to reinvent myself. Right. Because I couldn't, in the back of the ambulance, I wasn't, I wasn't mindful enough to go, okay, that's over now. From a logical point of view, go, sure. that career's over now. Go, let's go and reinvent yourself and create yeah. something else. Of course. Yeah. Just, I'm a fighter. I yeah. fight for a living. That's what I do. And then it's kind of... I, did, I couldn't I couldn't be with that bit yeah so I ended up being a victim of that well with any big change the first place you go to is self-doubt worry and concern isn't it because you're not you've not got hold of what you had that's it so that's all gone so then then I was then I ended up just causing chaos because I like the fighting the element to it because <laughs> I, I was no longer fighting in the ring anymore I wasn't training for a fight yeah so what, what else do I do with that Oh, let's fight everything else then. Sabotage, chaos. Mm. So I caused all that. And I, I, and I was just in pain, suffering, but not being, but not being able to see it for yeah. myself. Yeah. I mean, everyone else could probably see it, of course. But then I, I couldn't be with it or see it. My blinkers on. I was, all in, I was just in survival mode. And it was just, just didn't work. And so every, everyone who's listened to this, so point four, how does this relate to point four? This story? So you're only good as your next next fight. So so when I retired from boxing, I didn't have a next fight. I didn't have Ah, a gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then what I had to do was then the reinvention, the recreation of Billy yeah. was the future then I was living into. Mm. So for us all listening to this is about being the, it's being the designer, the creator of your future. Yeah. Because now here I am. So what has me be happy, fulfilled and satisfied is all about the future that I'm living into. So I've done a lot of work. I've, I've done a lot of healing for myself because I didn't really like myself from before. So talk about my wrecking my marriage. I've, I've made my amends with my ex-wife. I love my ex-wife. She's remarried. I love her. I wish her nothing but joy, love and happiness. And so that's kind of that's been settled. And there's things that I wish that I could take back that I can't. Things I've yeah. said that I wish I could take back, but I can't. So I've kind of made them, I've kind of completed my past mm. and I've allowed it to be 
So that now I've got some self-love. I love myself now, mm-hmm. which I'd never use. So I, I could honestly say, yeah, I'm, I love myself. Yeah. And I love my life. And I love the future that I'm creating. So that feeds right back to me right now. And I go, I'm 10 out of 10. Yeah. But, but without adversity and learning from adversity, sometimes you can't create what you've got already, have you? Because you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was my story. Yeah, I, I went from the depths of despair to be here. Hmm. Now, being here, 10 out of 10, could I have got here without going through the pain and suffering? I don't know. And that is a great thing, yeah. No greatness without suffering. Do we yeah. need to suffer? Can we, get, can we get to greatness without suffering? I don't know. That's another conversation. Well, this is the thing, you know, the privileged don't understand poverty, right? You know, if it's, it's it. easy, I think it's, I can't remember who said it, who said this, but you know, if you're wearing silk pajamas, it's very difficult to go out and go for that run, isn't it? Because you're so comfortable. Yeah. Right? It, it's no necessity for you to go and do that, but there is, because it's a build of character. And when you don't have experiences that build character through adversity, you don't respect, you can't love without pain, right? You can't be healthy really without un- having an element of, un- of, of unhealthy um, experiences. So. Yeah, so that this is this is what we believe to be true. Mm. Now, I, again, we're talking about the truth. So I'm, I'm in that conversation. My son's twenty. Does he need to suffer the pain that I've suffered to be happy, fulfilled, satisfied, or things are going to happen to him, and he's going to make a decision about whatever happens, and he's going to that's either going to be pain, suffering, or joy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So as here we are, three dimensional beings. Pain, suffering is just all around us everywhere. Mm. So as as the generations, here's the thing, just a bit woo-woo maybe, but if we could elevate ourselves as a being and transcend ourselves and go fourth dimension, fifth dimensional being, where there's only love, then the pain and suffering, maybe that won't be, that maybe doesn't have to be present for us to experience it. Mm. But those guys, when we get to that point as fifth dimensional beings, they, they may not have experienced the pain and suffering that we have to elevate ourselves up. Yeah. Inter- yeah. I don't know, interesting conversation. It's a heightened level of awareness, isn't it? It's the meta position where, where you don't have to have lived through it, but you can appreciate it and understand it. So, so the pain and suffering that's going to come for me now with where I'm at, mm. it's not going to be the same. Things are going to happen in my life which are going to upset me, which are going to cause me pain, or will they? they? I don't know. It's all the the interpretation. It's the meaning that I'm attaching to whatever happens, right? That's right. But it's taken me the pain and suffering to get here. So my point is, I wonder, will there be a point where people don't have to do that bit just to experience love? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I get that. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so let's get let's, out there, right? Let's let's back. Back. Well, is it? You know, maybe we're <laughs> a bit. Maybe the, the logic is out there, and maybe we need to to re, you know, yeah. reconvene so and go back to basics, don't we? So personally, what I'm doing is raising my energy daily with my meditations and my breathing. So I'm raising my awareness and my vibrational, that my yeah. frequency. And that's where I'm at. Now, as I'm, as I'm saying that, I've got a sensation around my head because mm-hmm. I'm pulling the energy into my brain. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so much more available for us all. Yeah. If we go and have a look. Yeah. Well, all you have to do if you haven't exercised for years is to do a bit of exercise. And whilst you're doing the exercise, it might not feel good. But let me tell you that 30 minutes afterwards, you'll feel a different person. Yeah. 
that's you know it's, that's a simple way of starting yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah small steps small steps absolutely okay so Alice is speaking of steps step five step five take it on the chin mm -hmm. metaphorically speaking and it's about we go through life and it's, it's exactly as it says take it on the chin let's not get Let's just not what I'm consciously aware of is just let's focus on what we can control and let's not get sucked into the stuff that we can't control. Take it on the chin. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to get things wrong. Life is not going to work out the way that you want it to. I didn't defend my titles. I got lost in my first defense. There was so much wrong with that situation. I didn't make enough money from it. I didn't set my future up. I lost it all. I went bankrupt. It was like a... There was so, so much wrong with it. So I wanted to blame just my situation and my circumstances. So that's, that fed back to me and had me be a victim. So I was being a victim. Yeah. It wasn't until I woke up and got consciously aware of, oh, my future is my responsibility. Oh, I got that. But it hit me like a ton of bricks because we say that, we know that. It makes sense. But to really, I got it on a different level and it shocked me. So then in that moment, my future started to occur different. But then also in that, in that same moment, the victim mentality that I was dragging around with me started to dissipate. It started to leave me because if I'm fully responsible for that future, then I'll, the past is the past. Let's leave it in the past. Let's get the learnings. Let's bring them with me, not the whole drama with it. And just that's, so then that, that's kind of an understanding of that. And, and you just take it on the chin as a, using boxing as a metaphor. Each and every one of us, we've all experienced hardship, yeah. suffering, pain in some form or another. So rather than bitching, moaning, complain about it forever, let's let's just let's own it. Let's get responsible for it. Win or lose, you choose. Here's the going back to that point. You choose how you respond and you react. So then you choose to be a victim or you choose to be a creator of your life. And, and do you know what? I, I might be a bit controversial here and I don't care. Uh, but I do find, as I do a lot of coaching and training, that people are becoming more susceptible to apathy and laziness and taking an easy choice. I'll give you an example. You know, pharmaceutical companies give you pills to try yes. and make you feel better. Perfect. Solving the problem. If you've got a problem, right, you've got to look at the root cause. And yes. it's interesting to go in, into the root cause. But most people find it worrying because they go, I'm, I'm not very good at that, or I've done something wrong, or I should have known better. Well, suspend all that rubbish and just go in and go, what happened? What was going on in my life? What was I doing? What did I do well, not well? How have I got to, you know, having asthma, eczema, depression, whatever it's going to be, right? Heart disease, whatever, you know, type two diabetes. It's cause and effect. So you've done something to get there. It's created. It's a man-made creation type yeah. two diet. So what you have to do is explore the the, the, the process you've gone through, reevaluate, and go. Do you know what? It's not going to be easy, and it might be a bit painful, but it's better than having this disease. So I'm going to make some lifetime lifetime commitments to change what I'm doing for the better, and yeah. see what happens. But people don't have the capacity to do that because they want quick fixes. Yeah, immediacy, and they want it now. Drugs, and that's drugs. Yeah, that's drugs. Yeah, escape, escape the escape the root cause. And it's what a lot of people do is they avoid the short term pain, but they yeah. sacrifice in the long term gain. Yep. Yeah. 
They don't want to have short-term pain. That's why they have a pill or put a plaster yeah. over the problem. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, three, five years down the road, it pops up again, doesn't it? Or something from that as a consequence. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because you, you can take a pill to lose weight, but not exercise. So you're looking great, but then suddenly, because you're not exercising, you've got muscle issues or joint issues, and you've got to take another pill. And then you, you know, but you know, as a world champion, you've got to have long-term discipline over sustained years to get to where you want to get to. And it's not, it's not an end result. Health and happiness, as I've said, are, are just a process every day of just doing the right thing. It is. It is. And it's over time. And it's it all, it, it's so important to get that. And it ain't, you go to the gym for three months, it ain't a three month, it's a lifestyle choice. And if, and you, but you gotta wake up, you gotta wake up to, if something's not working in your life, that's the bit you gotta wake up to that and then go to work on that, which is what I did. All the areas that weren't working, okay, let's have a look at that area. Yeah. So what do I need to do there? Yeah, break it down into parts. And then, so then ultimately, it comes down to who you're being and that that will impact all areas of your life and the results that you're getting. But then yeah, you gotta get specific. But with just health, fitness and well-being, it's kind of very, very it's easy to make a start on that. Just go yeah. for a walk, go for a walk for 10 minutes. That's what you gotta do. Just start somewhere. Yeah. People say to us, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm missing out on the commute. Well, no, you've just decided not to create a commute. So just because you're not going into, say, London yeah. and walking around, doesn't mean that you can't get out of the house in the morning at the same time and go for another 30-minute walk. Just because you're not, you can come back home, doesn't mean you're not going to someone's office, just you do the commute. <laughs> Stop using these, ex these things as excuses. When people use the environment as a reason for not doing things, Brilliant. you've got to look at yourself and go, it's not the environment, it's the internal environment and how you're weighing things up. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's the game, isn't it? That internal yeah. environment. Because we are a product of it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. So what about point six then, step six? What's that? Step number six, jab and move. Oh, yeah. Jab and move. So as a boxer, we are always looking for new angles. We're yeah. looking for new approaches, new ways of getting inside our opponents so we can become victorious. So in life, it's about looking at new ways of winning if things are not working out then you need to make some changes you need to look at a new approach if things are not working like we just discussed if your health fitness and well-being is not working look for jab and move look for a new way of doing things a new way of being a new, a new way of looking at things new conversations to have with different people create a different environment your external environment as well as your internal environment because we are we are a product of that so surround yourself what you're listening to what you what you're watching what you're looking at it's all an environment so we are we become part of that so jabbing and moving it just looking at just really acknowledging where you're at yeah where are you at who are you where are you at are yeah. you happy with who you are are you happy with your life and where you're at in all areas if you are great and if not then that's the that's the point to go all right let's i'm obviously failing at some to some degree at that mm. so i need to get i need support and help because the way that i'm doing that is not working yes let's get an expert involved to help me get through that right yeah. and it's okay it's okay to ask for help which is what i struggled with as well i struggled with asking for help yeah but we, we don't know it all. We, we're not experts in everything are we exactly i mean you know that's why we have personal personal trainers, coaches, and, and 
uh, senseis and all that sort of stuff in martial arts and you know and and i think any any high achiever any high performer has always had someone behind the scenes absolutely who's been showing them the way and not necessarily the, the the best way but making suggestions based on what they need rather than what the other person's experienced absolutely because that's just the way if you're smart that's the way you think and that's yeah. I mean, I speak to a guy, a very, very successful business owner. We, we have a 15-minute conversation every morning. Mm. So look at his mindset. He's a successful man already, but he's so aware of what else is there. How else can I look at things from a different perspective to give me an access yeah. to something else? So I think that's a, such a great attitude that he's got, and I've got one similar Let's get some experts on board to support me. And listen, life coaching, whatever you want to call it, we all, sometimes we need a life coach for, to, to get ourselves clear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I've you know, got the business of smart working revolution. And obviously the, the pandemic, it's been really good for me in terms of being a consultant coach around smart working. But you, know, you get what we call the dinosaurs who appear. And these dinosaurs are people who know things are changing but want you to help them to understand that actually what they've been doing all along has been right. <laughs> Not change into a new age of working and get rid of the nine to five and, yes. and think about flexible working. So having an office, but also allowing home working and hub working and different hours. It's all about outcomes and trust, but they're so they've been so predisposed to think in a certain way and they know that they've got to speak to you and they've got their fingers crossed just going, I hope he turns around and says, do you know what? We'll get back to normal soon. And we go, it's not going to happen. It's, we're never going to go back to the nine to five, just office work. And you can see the, the, the blood drain out of their mind. What they need is to listen and they need to embrace the future and they need to let go of the past and they need to find a coach, whether that's me or somebody else who can help them out in various areas to, to progress as an individual and jab and move. But they won't. They've just, they're just one-dimensional. All they do is a jab, and they think that's enough. And they leave themselves wide open. They get KO'd. Yeah. And that's right. Good old Charles Darwin, what did he say? It's, it's the species that survives is not the strongest or the fittest, but the one that can adapt. Yes. So we've got to learn to adapt to this current situation, to any current, any current situation, because <laughs> it's evolving and shifting. In it's in flux all the time, life. Yes. Yeah. And the ability, the, like you say, not to get stuck. Yeah. I mean, we talk about superpowers and it's this, yeah. this four superpowers and two of them are uh, agility and adaptability and people don't understand the difference. Whereas for us, agility is the ability for you as an individual to recalibrate your thinking, become fitter and healthier, more, more agile in how you work within constraints, right? As yeah. a person. And then adaptability is the environment. So this isn't about you. It's about the environment's going to change and you have to adapt to the environment with the ability to be agile. Because, yeah. you know, if you put a penguin in the Congo, it's going to die, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's that mentality, which is if you've been doing something for 30 years in that way yeah. and it's worked, but the environment shifted to the point yeah. where you feel like you're out of control or things aren't working the same way. Don't blame everyone else. You're in the wrong environment or you're in the right environment. You just have to be more agile. That's it. And that's the bit in it. That's the yeah. that's the bit that lots of people struggle with. Totally. Which brings us on to step number seven, which is yes. clever. Okay. 
Boxing Clever is all about those incorporating those first six steps into, into that element of being able to do whatever's required, but with a team, with an environment, creating the environment, a team, such that you can all survive and move forward together, aligned in a direction that's been created and it's cause, we're all at the cause of it all. Let's all do it together. Let's all go over there together. Rah, yeah, come on. Your own Get personal it. Justice League. Let's, and then just, let's move over that way. There we go. Is everyone all right with that? No? Yeah. All right. No, let's have a chat about that then. Let's get all that cleared. Yeah. Whatever needs to be done. And just let's move. Let's flow. Yeah, mind. And Peter, so I heard this thing about, yeah, mindset. You've got to have a certain mindset. What about a mind flow? But you've got to have the right mind flow. Going, you, that's got to be managed to get the mind in flow in the right direction, right? It's, and it is, it's all coming from thoughts. Yes. We're dealing with so many people's different interpretations, especially in the workplace where you where you kind of work. Yeah. The staff members, you've got lots of people, lots of different personalities, lots of different egos going around. Man, it's... Oh. Lots of different I, agendas. I, Absolutely. Yeah, so that that's that's a, I don't really work in that environment. I generally yeah. work with individual business owners, kind of leaders of that 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 kind of thing. Because that's not really my style or my. I don't, yeah, that's that's a different animal. It's a different animal. Yeah, and to be able to manage and deal with that. I mean, you're good at that. that that's your kind of yeah. game, right? It's just managing that. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, and it's so so important. It is They're absolutely right. Any person who runs a business has to have a shared vision, a mission, and needs to align everyone towards that and share the values that uphold that vision and that mission. And it's amazing to me how many people don't do that. They find it too time consuming and not important. It is the single most important thing because oh. then you'll have people working with you, not for you. Yeah. Right? Yes. And you can recruit the right talent because they understand what the mission is and they like it. So they'll join you because they want to, not because it's a job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a big factor yeah. in it. For, it's the same uh, with your life, isn't it? Your family and your family, you can't really recruit, but your friends, you can. Yeah. And the people you spend time with. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's the same thing. What's what mission are you on? And then you'll know the right people and the right talent you need to spend time with. Yeah. That's probably why I spend a lot of time on my own. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do now. <laughs> oh, funny. Right, Billy, that's been brilliant, my friend. Thank you very much. And what, give us a final tip. Anything that you want to send people away with that would be really useful in this tricky time still? Right now, focus on what you can control. Yeah. Just focus on that. Win or lose, you choose. Just powerfully choose yourself every day who you're going to be who's going to show up that's a choice yeah and if you think you've got no choice that's a choice correct i love that absolutely if right mindful be aware wake up be conscious choose your life love your life because you are it cavalry is not coming that's no one's going to save you you no. are the one that you've been waiting for correct yeah i love that thank you i'm going to go and get some eggs <laughs> now's the time to break your fast <laughs> exactly my friend where can we find you how can we reach out to you i'm on my main my main platform that i use is linkedin yeah i'm on i'm on instagram and facebook and stuff website billyshwer.com you can find me i'm around brilliant top man we'll do this again soon yeah 
We'll have a we'll have another rematch. Brilliant. Rematch. Cheers, rematch. <laughs> Take if care. People, if the people want to go and listen to the first in, in um, experience, we'll we'll have a link to that, shall we? Yeah, we'll put them side by side, can't we? Put them oh, side by side. Round and then, one and round two. So then, what we now next, we'll have a trilogy, right? That's the next one. Oh. Trilogy. You're like you're like Christopher Nolan. Genius. <laughs> Genius may be the word you're looking for, maybe. <laughs> I'll give you that. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Love Take you, man. And you. Bye.